right. We are, we are back with the week three of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo, and I'm here with my good buddy, Action Jackson, coming to you on a beautiful Tuesday, actually, this time. But uh, the reason it's so beautiful uh, is because we are celebrating the third Razorback victory of the season. Uh, any thoughts on that action? Well, I heard it. I heard it quoted over the weekend. Instead of "woo pig suey," we can breathe a big sigh of "whoo pig suey." <laughs> Man, it was uh, it was it was quite a quite a test. And uh, I, I'm just glad that our Arkansas team, you know, saw fit to uh, to go ahead and pass the test. Uh, the, oh yeah, a great game. Good to have Coach Petrino back uh, in the state and. Uh, we, we sent him on his way, just like we were hoping. Uh, it wasn't pretty, which I'm sure we'll dive into, but uh, a, a good win. So, good, good win for the Hogs. Definitely a good win. And I'll have to say that uh, your words were prophetic last week when you mentioned that Bobby Petrino was going to give us a test, and boy, did he ever. Boy, did he ever. I, uh, I was sweating that one until the very end. Arkansas actually did not lead in the game until – Sometime into the fourth quarter, uh, I want to say with about 10 minutes to go, was the first time we ever held a lead. And, uh, I mean, we were a few plays, in my mind, away from basically losing that game. So I'm, you know, extremely, uh, feel like we're extremely fortunate to to pull that out. But also it's a uh, a hats off to our players for, for, for doing that. Not only not only our players, uh, Big Mo, but the uh, our coaching staff is, is just not going to allow this kind of thing to happen. Because uh, yeah. in my mind, I'm uh, you know taking in the game and I'm like, man, we, I thought we were past this. And lo and behold, for you know three and a half quarters, we're getting our butts kicked. And one thing you can't do is you can't turn the ball over. You cannot have a turnover and, and give an underdog any kind of hope but yes. they're already up they're already up on us the score's already 14 to nothing and they're turning the ball over and I, I think that comes from a little uh unpreparedness on on the Razorback side what what do you think well I my view of the game was that Arkansas played a lot better than what the scoreboard showed seemed oh, to I- me like all of the critical plays early in the game seemed to go in Missouri State's favor. And so I don't think it was so much about us not playing good. It was just we didn't make the plays that resulted in points on the board and kept them from scoring. We, we, didn't, we didn't make the one or two plays. And it's, it's that type of game where, you know, even though you're playing pretty well, it, you're just not getting the breaks, not getting the breaks. And that's where we found ourselves, go uh, coming out of the locker room and, and even deep into the third quarter. In the past, I feel like Arkansas has, has had those games, and, and many teams, th- th- this was the type of game that it's easy to fold on. And you, you've seen college teams this year do, fold it and do exactly that. You saw Notre Dame against Marshall. 
Marshall put pressure on them, and Notre Dame folded. You saw Appalachian State against Texas A&M. They put pressure on them in College Station. Both these games were in the you know uh, top ten teams' own house, and they felt the pressure and they folded. And Arkansas was in the same exact position as as Texas A&M, Notre Dame, some of these other teams out there who've, who've done the same thing, and they did not fold. They fought back. And they made the plays that they had to make, 21 unanswered points to finish the game. Right. Uh, yeah. when, which is hard to do when, when that upset team, can, can they, they basically can smell a victory. And then they uh, – I, I know Bobby Petrino, if, if you were to talk to him or, or listen to his interviews out of the game, he'd say, we had them. You know, we, we let this one get away. We, we had them right where we wanted. We had a 10-point lead. We had the ball. Uh, and and they just they just turned it on and 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 took it from us. Absolutely. And so I'm proud of them. I've heard, I've heard Coach uh, the the legendary coach commentator Lee Corso say many times this was a definite recipe for an upset because the recipe was all put together. The cake was in the oven yeah. for Missouri State. All they had to do was bake it. Oh and yeah. Once again, I mean, I'll jump right into it. Uh, once again, it's the defense comes up huge. With 14:25 left in the fourth quarter, they're sitting on the Arkansas 14-yard line. They hold them to a field goal. Yes. Then we start yes. on our own 25. The next drive, two plays, get a 73-yard touchdown by your star running back. Oh yeah. Their next possession, sack, sack, incomplete pass, and a punt. But yes. the only thing is different, Big Mo, with this punt is this punt changed the momentum of the game because the sophomore. Bryce Stevens fields it, has a wall of blockers, makes one cut up field, and 82 yards later, he's in the end zone. Oh, yeah. The very next drive, they use a 38-yard game on first down. Like, here we go again. Then it's false start, incomplete pass, three-yard game, and then an eight-yard sack by Zach Williams forcing another punt. Yes. And then, of course, KJ scores from one yard out to, to ice the game from there. And once again, it's the defense. Uh, yes. You said it, 21 to 3 in the fourth quarter. And uh, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but in the in the fourth quarter of these games so far, we shined. And we just got to figure out how to get a complete game together and, and not give anybody any hope that they're just going to stay around and, and beat us in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, great summary of, of how that fourth quarter went down, which if you're an Arkansas fan, you probably would have done well to just only turn on the TV when the fourth quarter started, because everything before that uh, was, was anxiety inducing. <laughs> it was uh, I, I'll have to get, I got to give some credit because because you mentioned a lot of good plays that Arkansas made. I got to give some credit to Missouri State because um to me, and, and this is also creates Arkansas for coming back from this. The back, what, what could have been, and what probably should have been, the backbreaker for Arkansas was when Bobby Petrino dialed up that deep pass on fourth and one, where everybody thought, and this was in the third quarter, everybody thought that they, it was going to be some type of sneak up the middle, some type of handoff, some type of sweep. And what does Bobby Petrino do? The, the, the great offensive mastermind that he's been for 
years now. He goes back and he throws it. He sends one guy running across the field, throws it deep, and the guy walks in for a, a 45, 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, and silence in the stadium. Well, well, but, but that play right there is would, would have broken the back of 95% of the teams out there, okay? Because it's such a more the more especially happening in the second half like that and you're already down in the game and you 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 feel like you you almost had them stopped to not even a field goal and then they walk in for a touchdown it was a huge blow to to the morale most teams would have folded but arkansas didn't we didn't our special teams came through like you said uh with with the huge punt return like you said with the defense and I, I think uh, this is a great time to segue into uh, the defensive player of the game because I, I kind of have a suspicion of who he might be, and I think he played a pretty big role down the stretch. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of there, there's plenty of players you can go with. Uh, you know, Bumper Pool played a heck of a game. Uh, oh yeah, Bumper Pool. Zach Williams played a heck of a game, but Zach Williams, uh, yep. It sounds like you know we're playing the same record again, but I got to give it to Drew Sanders. Uh, the, the two big sacks, and it's not just when he gets these sacks; he's, you know, it's it's the points of the game when he gets them. You know, when the game's on the line, he's going he's going to make something happen for his defense. And uh, you know, defense has got a lot to work on, Big Mo, because you know we might be leading the conference in rushing defense, but we're last in the conference in pass defense. So there's no, now, there's a no stat. middle ground. <laughs> there's that's no a middle stat. ground with Arkansas right now on defense. Uh, you know, and you know, defense defense wins championships, which we're a long way away from that. But you know, let let me hear something about this this potent offense for Arkansas because once we got past the turnovers, it, it seemed like we were definitely the better team on the field uh, once once the turnover uh, bug got off of. Absolutely, and I, I just point out that Drew Sanders, once again this week, 12 tackles, two and a half sacks. I mean, Amazing. we know that he was National Defensive Player of the Week last year. Uh, if he wasn't named that this year, obviously we're doing this a day early uh, this, this this week, but if he if he's not named Defensive Player this year, he's in, in high consideration for it. Frankly, if he doesn't get it, it's probably only because – we were playing a non-conference opponent we were expected to beat, but excellent performance by him. On the offensive side, it's hard not to give the game ball to KJ when he threw for 385 yards, but I just have to say that that huge run by Rocket Sanders in the uh, the, uh, fourth quarter there uh, was so, so huge. For the game, basically outrunning the secondary and making what for almost any other running back in the league would have been a 20 or 30 yard yard gain. He took it all the way to the house. And when you're behind in the game, that's huge because that saves you time. You don't have to run another four or five minutes to get the ball in. And in many cases, you might not get the ball in at all. You risk turnovers. You might have to settle for a field goal. He didn't leave it to to chance. He put on the afterburners, and he left Missouri State defenders in the dust. And because of that really one play, I mean, obviously he had a great game, 167 yards on 22 carries, one touchdown, got a uh, another touchdown catch 
for uh, 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 had two catches for 75 yards and another touchdown catch too. So all around game for Rocket Sanders, I I have to give it to him for the second straight week. So that makes the Sanders boys back to back players of the week on both sides of the ball for us now. Man, so I'm just, I'm just sure glad the two Sanders <laughs> guys are on our team and not playing somewhere else. Amen to that. They have they have been. Uh, incredible. I mean, I just think it's going to be it's going to be fun to to, to see them and, and and hear them for this season because uh, we could turn around in, in a year or so and, and not have either one of them. So uh, you know, it's it's we better enjoy them while we have. Them. And, yes, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and and just to throw another another nod towards the defense. You know, fifty-two net rushing yards. You to win a, to win in college football, you have to be able to stop the run and you have to be able to run the football. And we do both very well right now. And uh, can't even really talk about discipline this week because the penalties uh, and the, the yes. turnovers just at inopportune times. I mean, KJ's running for a first down and fumbles. Uh, Rockets mm-hmm. going into the end zone and fumbles. Uh, but, you know, to, to throw one more defense set at you, nine sacks for the that's that's huge and and that really tells you all you need to know about how close we were to losing this game is that we had nine sacks and we were still down in the fourth quarter even with that so you know missouri state hats off to them they they had a really good team but what i will say about this game is i view it as a positive this to me was a character building game for the Arkansas Razorbacks. A lot of times you schedule these non-conference opponents at home and it's just a walkthrough. It's, it's basically a, a, a glorified practice. You beat them like uh, many teams this week, uh, uh, beat, beat small teams, uh, you know, 40 to nothing, 53 to nothing. Obviously Oklahoma state will get, might get to them. Uh, but they wax the floor with UAPB. I think about 60 to nothing or some score like that. Uh, but but that doesn't to me that doesn't help you that doesn't that doesn't help you down the road. What helps you is when you get a wake up call, but you still find a way to pull it out, and that's exactly what Arkansas got. They got a big wake up call that for three quarters of football they were not as good as the Missouri State Bears in their own in their own house, but yet they still they still found a way to gut it out, get the victory, and. As, as as good as we feel, you know, here here in the, you know, great state of Arkansas, outside the uh, the confines of Fayetteville and, and the, the field house there, I guarantee you there's some guys getting their butts chewed this week. There are some guys getting their butts chewed, and, and they're going to be better for it because it doesn't always help a team to just say, oh, we're so great, we're top ten in the country, we just smoke these little guys, and we're, and we're just going to, you know, we can sit back and, and kind of continue what we're doing. We found out that we need to get better, and fortunately we didn't have to take an L to find that out. That's right. I mean, do you, do you think there's any tackling drills going on in Fayetteville this week? Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. And, you know, if, if we don't improve on that, if we play the type of game that we played last week and we do that against Alabama, we're going to get embarrassed on our own home field. So uh, no, we I, needed I, this. Agree. And it won't even take to Alabama because even though A&M lost to Appalachian State, uh, we can get embarrassed in Jerry's world just as easy. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we've got the wake-up call that we needed, and, and I think we were going to see a, a much improved uh, Razorback defense uh, come Saturday. Well, I hope so. Well, well, now, what do you think are, are the things we need to improve on? or Because uh, I have to be honest with you, Jackson, I'm, I'm a little concerned because, to me, A&M is one of those teams that they've already gotten their wake-up call. And A&M's kind of playing more or less kind of with their back on the wall, being knocked down to 23rd and on Arkansas being number 10. Uh, they may feel more urgency than Arkansas does. And, and so I'm a little worried. What surprised me to wake up Monday morning and find out that we're the underdog. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not favored in a game the last hour. <laughs> we're, the, we're the underdog. Yeah. And – you know, and and so uh, I I just I don't think we're playing a, a Jason Shelley style quarterback this week. A and M's going to have a hard time scoring, and but we we've, we've got to shore up the back of that defense. And I think getting Miles Lusher back this week is going to be huge. Uh, yes. Obviously, you know we, we'll speak on Catalan all year, I'm sure, but you know not having him back there is. I mean, I think he's worth at least at least 14 points to us. Like, hey, this is the 14 points you're not going to get. So you're going to have to find another way to get these points. And not having them back there really hurts. But getting a guy like Slusher back that's a veteran uh, that's, that's played against A&M, uh, I think that's going to be huge this week. Uh, pressure's got to remain on the quarterback. You know, if we get the, the, the pressure that we've been getting, I think we'll be just fine this week because I, I don't think – I think they're going to have a hard time stopping KJ in that offense because I think our offense is that good. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing that I saw from the game this past week that we need to improve on, and I'm sad to say it, but a lot of the reason for the early score was we were just getting beat at the line of scrimmage. The defensive line for Missouri State gave our offensive line fits for a lot of that game, and they were putting pressure on K.J., making him throw passes before he wanted to and not letting plays develop like uh, we hoped they would. That's something we've got to shore up against Texas A&M because they have that top recruiting class. They've got those big boys up front. Uh, as we know, they just beat the uh, number 13 Miami Hurricanes, who, who were the number 13 Miami Hurricanes uh, uh, before, before their loss last week. So Texas A&M is, I mean, I don't even think we have to, to say it. They are up to the level of competition, and in fact, the favorites. So we, we've got to do better on the, on the line. If we can win the line of scrimmage, I feel like we can hang with them because Arkansas has shown that we have the players who can play good under pressure. And I'm looking square at K.J. Jefferson. Guys who, if, if we can stay in the game late, I feel like we have the team that can pull it out. Uh, on the other hand, if we're trying to play catch-up against the Texas A&M defense, that's going to be another story. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, you know, it's going to be quite a test. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what the records are or who's won that game the most when we go over and play those guys uh, in, in the stadium with all the allure and, the, the, you know, the big screen and uh, Jerry's world and all it is. Uh, the records don't matter. You know, yeah. those two teams are, are, are there and uh you know so many times it's come down to overtime and arkansas's come up short and yeah to see us come out last year and you know 
pretty much own the game from the beginning and, and hold them off at the end. I don't think we'll see anything quite like that this year. But I, I do think that I think we're better uh, overall than they are, and especially at the quarterback position. I think KJ is, uh, you know, this this is one of those. Uh, you know, I know he's not a Heisman favorite or anything, but this is one of those games where you say, "Hey, voters, I'm, I'm still here." This is one of those yeah. games he's got to go out there and prove prove something on a national stage, and oh, I yeah. think he I think he can do it. And uh, absolutely, I got complete. And he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, the interception went off Knox's hands. I mean, KJ. Yeah. That was his first interception of the year, and it was it was really a drop pass. Now the fumble. You mm-hmm. know, fumbles are going to happen when you're a running quarterback, but. Uh, I, mean, I, I think you know. I think we could be we could be looking at a 38-24, 38-27 similar score from last week. Uh, this week in, in Jerry's world, what, what are your thoughts? I, I hope so. I mean, I, I I'll leave the score predicting to you. You're always pretty good at that. But I will say, from my perspective, we beat Texas A&M for the first time in what six or seven years last year, and. I think I speak for all Razorback fans when I say I don't want to go back. I want to. I want to continue to get that A and M win, and I don't want to go back to that place where we just kept losing year after year to them and couldn't get over the hump. We're over the hump now, and we need to stay over the hump, and and make that one of those games where essentially we we find a way to get in their head and beat them, even when they have as good or better team than us, and. That's where Sam, for, for me, exactly, you took the words out of my mouth. For me, that's where Sam Pittman comes in. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, we used to be the one that, hey, when Arkansas shows up, they're gonna, you're going to get Arkansas's best effort. Well, now yes. we're getting other teams' best efforts because we're going to get their best crack. You know, and that's yes. what we've seen. That was Missouri State Super Bowl. You know, that's, yes, that's actually. Their, that's absolutely. their college football playoff coming to Fayetteville with, with upset on their mind. And 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 now we're the ones that we're we're the targets. We're we're not the ones that are that are trying to shoot arrows anymore. We're we're the target in, in the conference. And uh, I mean, in my eyes, and I might come off a little biased, and I probably do, but top three teams in the SEC are Georgia, Alabama, and Arkansas. So uh, I think that's where <laughs> we put ourselves. And, oh yeah. Well, I, I, and I hope we can show that for sure. But I think when you get to this level, it comes down to coaching. You've, both sides have good players, but if you've got the better the better general on your side, the better coach, the better better more organized team, more prepared team, and the coach that that can basically zig when the other team zags, that's that's what right. makes the difference. And I'm, I have full confidence in Sam Pittman. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think he's loved more by his players than the one on the opposing sideline. I, I think that our players just want it more. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's the key. We got to want it more. Well, uh, I, I guess we can go on to uh, some other games around the country. Many of these games were, frankly, lopsided. Arkansas was honestly playing one of the few tight games uh, of the week last last week. Alabama obviously had Louisiana Monroe at home beat them sixty three to seven. That's all we need to say about that. Tennessee number fifteen. Tennessee uh, had Akron at home beat them sixty three to six. Oklahoma State had our our hometown uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff roll into town, fresh off of a seventy to six blowout the week before, but. 
UAPB got a rude wake-up call with a 63-7 to loss to Oklahoma State. And uh, uh, Baylor, uh, number 17 Baylor, had Texas State at home, 42-7 to Baylor. Georgia made quick work of a South Carolina team that put 30 points on Arkansas, 48-7. to Kentucky got a shutout victory, 31 to nothing. It's almost like we felt a little bit left out, Andrew, when uh, all these other teams were were running it up and, and, and Arkansas was was uh, was playing it tight, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I really wanted us to come out and be the top 10 aggressor and score 70. and uh, But I could, I could tell right off the bat this wasn't going to be that type of game. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, we, we lose that game and we get embarrassed at home. And uh, but we, we were able to pull it out. And, and I mean, we're we're looking a very special season in the eyes right now. And everything's laid out before us, and we just got to go get it. And we got to be the aggressors on Saturday. We got to uh, we got to come out and set the tone. I think you'll figure out in the first five to seven minutes of that game, Big Mo, if, if Arkansas got that wake-up call or not. Oh, yeah. Well, now, speaking of getting embarrassed at home, I got two scores for you that raised my eyebrows big time. Uh, Ole Miss, 42, Georgia Tech, 0, in Atlanta. And the other score was Pence, and you called this one. You called this one, action. This is this is why we our ears perk up whenever you give us a, a prediction of, of top-ranked teams. Penn State, 41, Auburn, 12. And uh, you actually stepped out last week and went against your your SEC uh, affinity and, and called it like you saw it, told us that Penn State is secretly one of the best teams in the country, and boy, did they ever show it. Absolutely. And, and you know, Brian Harson, if his job wasn't on the line before, uh, I hope he's got some resumes out there. You know, he might want to go be a, a, a cook at Arby's somewhere or something because he's not going to be at Auburn very much longer. <laughs> coming out and doing that, Auburn's going to send you out on a rail. I mean, when they fired the Arkansas's native son, uh, Gus Malzahn, and, you know, I mean, and Gene Chizik, does that name sound familiar to anybody? He won a national championship at Auburn and was fired the next year. So Auburn doesn't play no games. If you come to Auburn, you better be coming there prepared to win or or you might find yourself in the unemployment line. And I think that's Brian Harson's future right now. Well, now, I will say this, though. Arkansas was not the only ranked SEC team that struggled against a small team at home. And uh, we have to look a little south of here to Florida, where the Florida Gators barely survived a spirited upset bid by the South Florida Bulls, 31-28. to And it, it took basically a Bulls collapse on the last drive where they were in field goal range and had the tying field goal uh, teed up from about 45, 46 yards. But the holder could not get the ball. Uh, he, he, he couldn't he couldn't get the ball on the tee or couldn't get it upright for the kick. The first time that I've ever seen in my entire uh, life watching football, uh, Jackson, is where a ball was actually kicked while it was laying flat on its side by the kicker. And he still almost made it. It was shocking. The ball just barely, barely missed from about 46 yards out. But he, he 
kicked it laying flat on its side. That's what it took Florida to pull out that game in the swamp. Oh, that was a definite shocker. I mean, uh, you know, just just catch the catch the snap, young man, and then and, and send send the Florida faithful <laughs> home uh, crying. I mean, uh, what what a tragedy, uh, travesty for sure. Oh yeah. Well, now speaking of crying, uh, home teams crying in particular. Uh, used to be back in the day that Oklahoma and Nebraska was about the biggest uh, football game or biggest name teams that you could see clash. Well, uh, Nebraska actually got waxed by Oklahoma to the tune of 42-14 to 14 at home. Uh, is Nebraska football pretty much uh, a thing of the past, Andrew? Uh, I, I, think it's a, I think it's not only a thing of the past. I mean, they're still going to play football. Uh, but, you know, as far as being competitive, uh, they might they might need to start just concentrating on putting all their athletes on their baseball team and, and hope that they can can do something on the diamond because uh, you know unless unless Bobby Petrino bounces to Nebraska like it's you know rumored, uh, it, there's there's no hope for Nebraska football right now. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad right now for sure. Uh, I do want to of course give a shout out to my NC State Wolfpack, who had improved to number 12 in the country after a nice, convincing 27-14 to 14 win at home over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, NC State looked like a veteran team that knows how to handle business, and, uh, of course, it didn't, help that, or it didn't hurt that they were playing at home. But uh, they looked sharp. They looked sharp. And... Uh, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, that definitely. Anybody wants to play right now? So, absolutely, uh, not a team that, that anybody wants schedule. to play. No. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of other teams that got a scare at home, we had Wake Forest barely pull it out against Liberty, and the Wake Forest, ranked number nineteen last week, got a one-point victory over a non-conference Liberty team, thirty-seven thirty-six. I know Liberty is on Arkansas' schedule later this year. Should uh, should we take note of that, Jackson? Uh, I think after our scares the other night, I think we need to take note of everybody. But <laughs> uh, Liberty is a team that just likes to knock teams off, and uh, I'm sure Wake was trying to look past them to their to their big uh, the big game they got this week. And I, I think that you know you'll see a much better Wake Forest team uh, when they play number five Clemson this weekend well that segues right into our our slate for this week uh Jackson and uh we're always excited to hear about your predictions what do you think about that Clemson Wake Forest matchup well I was all ready to jump on the the Demon Deacons bandwagon and uh and, until I find out about this one point narrow win uh but I mean it could be the wake-up call they need uh I'm, I'm just I'm gonna go ahead and go with my gut and I'm going to take Wake Forest at home, upsetting number five Clemson. All right. All right, bold call. Well, now, speaking of marquee matchups, we have number 20 Florida, fresh off that scare last week against South Florida, going into Knoxville uh, to face number 11 Tennessee. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on CBS this Saturday. Who do you got in that game, Action? Well, I think that uh, I think some of the allure of Rocky Top is back. Uh, you know, we remember what Rocky Top used to be like, even though we're 
diehard Razorback fans. It's it's not a comfortable place to go play at when it when it's rocking. And you got a number eleven Tennessee team that's got a lot to prove right now. And I think they're going to make a statement. Uh, this this could this game could get ugly for the Gators if they don't show up to play. Okay. All right. Well, I I like the confidence there. I mean, uh, in the past, Florida has owned Tennessee, but I think you're right. This is this is a much different Tennessee team than what Florida is used to dealing with. Uh, down in the state of Texas, we have the Tex- number 22 Texas Longhorns going to Lubbock to face the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The line has Texas favored by a touchdown. Does that sound accurate to you? Uh, I, I think I think that sounds pretty accurate. I, I think I mean I think Texas is going to handle business. Uh, you know they're going to they're going to show that, you know the Alabama game wasn't a fluke. And uh, when you when you step up to the Longhorns, you better come. You better come ready to play. I think uh, Texas Tech's going to face their second loss in a row. Well, speaking of the Alabama game, uh, we have a huge line this week uh, in Tuscaloosa. Alabama hosts the Vanderbilt Commodores, and they are 40-and-a-half-point favorites in an SEC matchup. Now, Jackson, is there any way you can recommend somebody putting money on Alabama knowing that they have to win by 41 points to, to cover? I mean, I, I, I normally like Bama and these big lines, but that's a lot of points. And, you know, sometime in that third quarter, they're going to put in some backups. And it would be my hope just as a football fan that, that, that Vanderbilt can that, uh, Vanderbilt can keep it closer than, you know, 41 points. And, uh, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend jumping on that one. I do want to mention real quick before we uh, get off of the uh, scores from last week that the Pac-12 may actually be real this year, at least when they play the the Big Ten at least, because uh, you had Washington State go into Wisconsin two weeks ago and come away with a victory. And last week you had Washington handle number 11 Michigan State in Washington to the tune of 39 to 28, a score that probably looks closer than it was because there was a three touchdown lead for the most of the, for most of the game for the Huskies. Um, out there, we have a, uh, a matchup between number 15, Oregon, going to that same Washington State team that beat Wisconsin. Is this something that voters should uh, pay attention to this week? I think they definitely need to keep an eye on it because, you know, the, the, the Pac-12 has basically got two teams uh, in the grand scheme of things. they got USC and they got Oregon. And uh, so, I mean, I think they will be, will be paying close attention, but I don't think Oregon is to the place where they're just going to go and, and, and take anybody for granted. So I, I think Oregon's going to Oregon's gonna handle business. All right. Well, it might be some uh... – might be a, a better looking win for Oregon on the resume than what some people might might surmise. Uh, in the Big Ten, meanwhile, Wisconsin has to go into the the horseshoe and face the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes, who are an 18 point favorite at home. Any thoughts on on that Big Ten clash there? Well, I, I really think the much like the Pac-12, the the Big Ten's only really three teams. I mean, it's Ohio State. Michigan, and you know, as I as I correctly predicted, Penn State's for real. Uh, so I, I, I don't. I, Ohio State probably rolls rolls big uh, 
right. Well, now, speaking of big lines, and again, you know, I, I love my NC State Wolfpack, but they're, they have us as a 39-point favorite over Connecticut at home. And I'm just always a little queasy. Maybe I'm, I'm just risk-averse, but that's a lot of points to have to cover in order to, uh, or to, to beat the line. Uh, do you think NC State's that good, or they may be being a little, little oversold at this point? I think UConn's going to have a hard time scoring, but I, I just think that uh, I, I, I think NC State will call the Wolfpack off in the third quarter. Uh, they'll probably get some trash points at the end. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they cover. I say they win big, but I, I, I don't think they cover. All right. Well, we have, uh, of course, one of your favorite teams playing at home this week at the Iowa State Cyclones playing the number 17 Baylor Bears. Iowa State's not ranked, but they are a three-point favorite according to the current line. Uh, any thoughts on, on whether the Cyclones could, could do some damage? Well, they they always show up to play Baylor. They're going to play Baylor. So if, uh, that ranking doesn't mean squat when you go to Ames and, and play Iowa State. So uh, Baylor better go there with their with their chin straps button tight because those Cyclones are coming and and uh, I, I say they win. Uh, I, I'm gonna say they win by more than ten. Uh, Iowa oh. State. All right, all right. Well, that's certainly going to be a good matchup. Uh, I'm, I think that about does it uh, for college football. Um, we do have a battle of the Tigers, Missouri and Auburn. Um, not sure either one of those teams, based on how they've played early, is going to factor that much into the postseason. But uh, any thoughts on that matchup as we as we close and, and start to move on to the NFL? I think the coaches just need to go to the referees and say, hey, can we just make a stipulation that whichever team scores first wins? Uh, <laughs> I mean, these, both these teams are just they're going in the wrong direction. And, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there. If Missouri goes to Auburn and beats Auburn, goodbye, Brian Harson. It, it's over. I have to agree. Yeah, I have so, to agree. Uh, I, 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 I'm over at home, but I don't, I don't really like either team in this matchup, really. I, I hate to say it, but with the way that coaches uh, get hired and fired in college football these days, I think Brian Kelly saved his job by beating uh, uh, Mississippi State this uh, past week um, in a game where Mississippi State looked for most of the game like they were going to win. I think if he lost that game, he might have lost his job just because – uh, LSU has has looked so bad to start off with, but um, you know I, I couldn't agree more with you. You know I've I've said for years that LSU simply stands for Loser State University, and even losers going to get lucky and win every now and then. And uh, it's just you know LSU is not what they used to be, and, and Brian Kelly's not going to turn it around quickly. And if they're not patient, they'll they'll, they'll send him packing, and they'll be glad to pay him as he goes. I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of uh, Southern Louisiana and big games going on down there, we got to jump into our big NFL game of the week, and and boy, did it live up to expectations, uh, at least from a, a, a intensity standpoint. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers went into the to New Orleans and beat the Saints uh, this past week. Uh, uh, Jackson, how did uh, how did this go down? I had, and, and let me let me clarify this before I say it. 
had zero confidence in my own team going to the Superdome and winning because we haven't done it. Uh, since Prairie's been there. And But what we've seen on Sunday is, and you might have another one out there that I'm missing, but I think that we watched two of the best defenses in the NFL go back and forth at each other. And, and you know, definitely hostility was raining because you had guys getting ejected, you know, you had suspensions handed down, you've got fines that are pending. Uh, definitely two squads that just don't like each other. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have that uh, that disdain and, and, and bad taste in our mouths towards each other, being a, a Bucks fan on one side and a, a Saints fan on the other. But it was just a, a great game controlled by defenses. And, you know, the, the five takeaways were the difference in the game. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, the hostility, like you said, was definitely there. It did get ugly when, uh, uh, you know, uh, really faults on both sides. You had Lattimore getting in Brady's face, and then you had Leonard Fournette try to jump in. He kind of pushed Lattimore. Lattimore pushed him back. Then Mike Evans runs onto the field, uh, completely uh, inflaming at the situation rather than trying to calm it down, and just spears Lattimore from the back in a very cowardly move similar to what he did uh, a couple years ago where he pushed Lattimore in the back. He's been suspended a game now. Lattimore got uh, disqualified for the game along with Evans with uh, following the scuffle. After he pushed him, another Saints player grabbed Evans and then Lattimore jumped on, big melee. Uh, to me, that was a huge point in the game because Lattimore was shutting down Mike Evans and whoever he was guarding at the time for the once again, yeah, yeah. Once again, he, he's he's done it to him all but one time that I can recall. Is he just absolutely shut down Mike Evans? And, yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, it was very. I mean, very immature for you know, for even being a Bucks fan. I, I I had to walk away from the TV. I'm like, man, you know, we're grown men. We're making millions of dollars. And you can't control your attitude. Uh, yeah, you know, just I agree. Leave. I mean, I'm 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 fortunate as a Bucks fan. He only got one game. Uh, yeah. it could have been it could have been worse for him. Well, at the same time, I being a Saints fan, I have to say, Lattimore. That's not when you're uh, when you're winning the game like the Saints were at the time, or it was a tie game, and that's not the time to run your mouth. You're you're shutting down the the offense. You're doing a great job out there. You, you don't need uh, to, to go and, and trash talk to Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to, to ever play the game, um, in order to, to make your point. You're already making your point on the field. So that was a huge mistake on his part. After that, I felt like both teams obviously played with a lot of emotion. And when you have that type of game where it's a huge game, a lot of emotion, a lot of times the better quarterback's going to win. And I will say there were a lot of uh, – penalties that did go Tampa Bay's way that I particularly didn't oh, agree yeah. with. Yeah, uh, but, I couldn't agree more on that either. Yeah, but, but the uh, big play of the game was calls in our favor. Yeah. I mean there, there were I mean there were some some calls I definitely didn't agree with. But the big play of the game was when Brady threw that pass to Perryman right side of the end zone. And you have to give Tampa Bay a lot of credit here because they played without their top two receivers. In mo- for most of the second half, without Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, so right. extremely handicapped. 
Yes, so but he throws up this ball to Brashad Perryman, who is completely blanketed by the New Orleans safety. And the New Orleans safety looks up for the ball, and basically Perryman fakes him out. He acts like he's he, the ball's not even coming. At the last second, he jumps back away from the safety where the ball's been coming for the past two seconds, and he knew it, and, and catches it right in the end zone while the safety doesn't even know it's coming. And that, to me, was the game-changing play. Uh, you know, it pretty much uh, put the Buccaneers ahead and put the Saints in a position where they had to play catch-up. And Jameis Winston, uh, I, I can, uh, you know, Jackson, you've you've always said there's there's good Jameis and there's bad Jameis, and you know, uh, I definitely I definitely saw the bad Jameis this this past week. He uh, uh, he could he couldn't buy he couldn't buy a completion. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could, but it was to the wrong team. So <laughs> to the wrong, exactly uh, to the wrong team. He. Uh, I mean, he even threw a touchdown pass in the second half, but also to the wrong team. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I hated to see it for you, Big Mo, because I know that, you know, you, you, you believe Razorback Red, obviously, but, you know, you've got some black and gold in there, too. Uh, it's, it's a mixture. So, uh, you know, I, I typically root for the Saints unless they're playing the Bucks. And the saddest part and, and the, the part that really irks me is we got to play you guys again. And uh, you are going to definitely have revenge on your mind in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they might. Well, I, I will say I will give a lot of credit to my Saints because they did hold Tom Brady scoreless for six consecutive quarters last year oh, yeah. when they when they played him, shut him that. out, and they shot him shut him out in the first half. That's an achievement of itself. And I'll also say for my Saints, you know, the, uh, the Buccaneers may not have had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but we also didn't have Alvin Kamara. So I want to see those two teams play where we've got a healthy Mike Evans, who's hopefully in a better attitude and ready to play football and not, uh, you know, uh, some type of wrestling. Uh, uh, same a, 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 a Marshawn Lattimore who can keep his mouth shut, a healthy Alvin Kamara, and a healthy uh, Chris Godwin. I want to see what that game turns out to be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, so, speaking of the Saints, I mean, what, what's your outlook on this week? Well, uh, this week, I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on. And are you talking about the the uh, NFL in general, or no? You're just just you're you're, you're oh, just the Saints. Oh, so, well, we go to Carolina this week. Carolina is, of course, struggling, and uh, I think well, actually, our our two man warning starting now. So I guess we can run down these these last NFL Put games. It all down for me. Obviously, I, I feel good about the Saints getting some uh, revenge in Carolina. And uh, Tampa Bay has a huge matchup with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming into town and two veteran Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, hashing it out. So what, what are your thoughts on that game, Jackson? Well, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, I was hoping that I wouldn't see Aaron Rodgers start to click a little bit with these younger receivers than he's got, but he's, he's starting to click a little bit, and I didn't like that, but he's, I mean, he's going against a absolutely potent Tampa Bay defense that's going to be ready for him. Uh, I think if we can get any kind of offense going like we did a couple of years ago when we won the Super Bowl, uh, I, I think we could pull away from him in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the running game is going to be key if we can get Leonard Fournette going. Uh, I think we could, I think we could have a good game Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. Oh yeah, 
Well, uh, I think that just about does it for our, for our podcast today. Uh, we do have some, uh, obviously, a, some huge games to look forward to. Obviously, Texas A&M and Arkansas this week. Uh, got some NFL, full slate of NFL football games. Uh, it's just that time of the year where, you know, you, you get excited every weekend because you know the guys are going to be suited up and ready to play. That's, that's one thing I love about, especially college football. You don't ever know what you're going to see. You don't know who's going to be who. You don't know the ball is going to bounce whose way. You know, and, and, you know, the NFL is a little, you know, a little more cut and dry. You know, you pretty much know what to expect. And uh, I just love football. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's there's nothing like it. There's there's no other sport that, that we have uh, that's so, so enjoyable uh, to me. Absolutely. Uh, just just a, a pleasure once again to be with you, Big Mo, and man, I, I, I look forward to, to to many of these sit downs and and uh, talking sports, and then talking sports with a friend just can't beat it. Absolutely, same same here, Jackson. Definitely looking forward to it, and and seeing what this next week brings. You know, it's starting to get that time of the year where the leaves are starting to just change color, and you know that that crisp, uh, dry smell goes through the air, and uh, yeah, it just it, it makes you shiver just uh, just thinking about it. You know, when that when that pigskin leaves the foot for the for the for opening kickoff, and, and you know it's it's fixing to go down for the next next forty eight minutes. So, um, right, yeah, I'm, and, I'm looking know, forward think, to it. You know, and I think I think we've got a we've got a beautiful uh, beautiful game coming this week for our Razorbacks against the A and M Aggies. So, uh, oh yeah. With that being said, I guess I'll, I'll end it uh, like one of my favorite. Uh, Talkers always did, and, and Jimmy Lee. I'll end it with an amen, and uh, go Hogs. Amen. Amen. All right. All right.